Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajad Lee. And Waj, we have nothing to talk about today, so I don't even know why we're doing a podcast. There Yay. Is little, there's no, there's no breaking news this week. Everything's going well. Uh, the chaos filter has been turned off. And I think this will be like a, a 47-second podcast episode. Yeah, I think it totally will. Um, so let's start with the biggest nothing burger. Uh, just kidding, everyone. What in the entire fuck is this week in America? Um, so let's start with the first story, which is uh, E. Jean Carroll v. Trump. Uh, and she grabbed him by the wallet. Uh, mm. And that is a direct headline from the New York Post. Of I love all it. Papers. I love it. Um, e. Jean Carroll. Uh, I must start off with giving this woman credit for her persistence. That's right. For her courage, for her consistency. Um, she, uh, along with her attorney, Robbie Kaplan, laid out for a jury of six men and three women exactly who Donald Trump is, along with witnesses, cooperating witnesses, uh, other women uh, that were assaulted by Donald Trump throughout the years. And Donald Trump decided not to show up. There was right? no defense. Because that's, what, that's what you do if you are being uh, falsely accused of sexual abuse and defamation, among other things, that you would decide that golfing in Scotland is more important. Um, but he sent his goons, uh, Takopina being the, the head goon at, at, at this time, to try and tear down E. Jean Carroll, and it didn't work. And now Donald Trump, of course, he will appeal, but uh, E. Jean Carroll has been awarded $5 million, mm. um, which, as was said on many a cable news outlet, would bankrupt anyone else, right? Um, so we can't underscore the importance of what E. Jean Carroll was able to do under this new legislation in New York that allows for victims of sexual assault uh, to be able to file civil suits uh, when the criminal um, time has been uh, up. So Waj, what say you now that I've laid it out for the folks? Uh, good for E. Jean Carroll. It took 30 years. Uh, she was persistent. I know she's ecstatic about this verdict. Like you said, Donald Trump, who is the 2024 GOP presidential nominee, your presumptive nominee, a man who will be appearing as, as we're recording this on Wednesday tonight on CNN's town hall, given 90 minutes, Danielle, in front of a fawning audience of 400 Republicans. That man has been held liable uh, uh, for uh, committing sexual battery and defamation. And during this trial, I just want to remind everyone of this quote, the, the infamous quote, Access Hollywood quote, uh, about him grabbing women by the pee. When you're a star, you can do anything. They asked him if he said it. And he said, well, historically, that's true with stars. It's true with stars that they can grab women by the pee? Well, if you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately, or fortunately. And then they asked, and you consider yourself to be a star. I think you could say that. Yeah. That was his defense. This is a man, <laughs> Danielle, who openly, I didn't even make that up. That's an exact quote. I read it. I literally read his exact quote. He did this during the deposition on camera, and it was played 
This is why it took them only three hours to come with a unanimous decision. That verdict came within three hours. His defense is, I'm rich. I'm powerful. I'm an influential white man. I'm a landowner. I'm a celebrity. I can grab women by the P. I can call Mexicans rapists and criminals. I can incite a violent mob to take over the, uh, the, the U.S. Capitol. If I shoot someone from Fifth Avenue, my base won't care. And guess what, Daniel? He was right. Because a day after that verdict, he's going to be on a CNN town hall where the new leadership is ecstatic about the ratings that they will get. Not a single Republican except for Mitt Romney has criticized him. He will be leading the, the GOP. DeSantis, like we predicted, is a wet noodle. Uh, and so there's a part of me that is like, this man is Teflon when it comes to uh, the GOP, which is his cult. But another part of me says that we should take this moment to, to enjoy it. Enjoy the fact that a woman who says she, she was raped by Donald Trump, by the way, uh, in a, a, a changing room uh, of a clothing store, had this type of vindication, and not just her, Daniel. He has been accused by more than a dozen women of sexual assault. 26. Oh, 26. And those women, and, and the last thing I'll say about this is, there's a reason why women don't step up and, and speak out. Because what we've seen, especially in the past few years, even against Trump, against Kavanaugh, what happens to these women? Targeted, vilified, humiliated, threatened. Look at what happened to Dr. Ford when she came out and gave her, uh, gave her brave testimony against Kavanaugh. So E. Jean Carroll has endured all of that, plus 30 years of trauma. She said that was such a traumatic episode that it has ruined her romantic life since that moment onward. So flowers to E. Jean Carroll, uh, flowers to all the women who have accused Trump. Uh, we know that Trump is going to get away with it, but it's a big verdict. And we hope, Danielle, that with all the other lawsuits that are there, as everything adds up, it chips away and weakens them. That's my hope. You know, here's what I will say um, about this verdict. One, what I really appreciated was E. Jean Carroll talking about the silent generation, Mm. the generation of women who were who had no laws protecting them. Right. We have to understand and remember that, you know, the silent generation grew up at a time when women were assaulted all the time, when women, you know, just in the 1970s had the ability to get a credit card without their father or their husband. Was that that was the 70s? Wow. Yes, that was 19. That was 1973. I did not know that. Right. Um, I want people to understand that this this history of patriarchy and misogyny um, is one that is really deep, Uh, one that is really deep and filled, frankly, with the tears and the silence and the scars of women of that generation. Mm. And so the fact that E. Jean Carroll and the other woman who is also, I believe, 80 years old that came forward um, to have their lives splashed across you know, headlines and newspapers, the courage that that took to do um, is really amazing. And I think that, you know, the Republican Party continues to show us who they are. And and I have since said, you know, and, and you and I talk about this, Waj, they're not a political party. 
No. Right. And and the failure of the mainstream media, particularly CNN, the failure of the mainstream media is that they keep normalizing mm. this. Right. I said that having Donald Trump on CNN after being held liable for sexual abuse would have been like having Harvey Weinstein sit down at the height of Me Too after a number of women mm. were coming out against him um, and thinking that that was okay. And so when you have leaders of the Republican Party and networks that are saying to women, half of the population, we mm. don't care yep. about your pain. We don't care about your abuse. We don't care about your trauma. Tommy Tuberville will get to later, but he also said with regard to Donald Trump, makes me want to vote for him twice. Mm. So mm. they, I mean, they, they are telling you, and it is just baffling to me that Republican women, these white women, will still back him. Yep. You know, in 2016, they showed up with signs that said, he can grab me wherever he wants, and thought that was funny. Wow. I, I, I remember, I don't know if I, I've shared this with you, but I remember a couple of weeks before the 2016 election, after the Access Hollywood tape came out, I went to Maine for Huffington Post, where uh, you know I, was, I, was, I had some special assignment. Uh, I was covering the elections for them. And I took the crew, and I remember at a point in Maine, it seemed like I was the darkest thing there and the, the darkest journalist. And I sat there for <laughs> nine hours, literally trying to talk to these folks. And we're trying to look for an angle, and the angle we came up with was talking to women. Because there were all these women there, and we're like, well, in, the, in light of the Access Hollywood tapes, like, well, why, why would you vote for him? And it wasn't like you're, you know, stereotype. You think it's, oh, it's just the uneducated rural woman. There were suburban women, wealthy women, educated women, mothers, young women. Talked to a whole bunch, Danielle. And many of them, literally, I talked to one sexual assault survivor who, who said, you know, uh, I probably wouldn't trust my young daughter in her 20s to be alone with Trump, but I'll still vote for him you know, at least is better than Hillary. The amount of hate they had towards Hillary, and then also the excuse of just locker room talk, it's okay. And so these were white women holding signs and posters for Trump, all in for him, giving him all the excuses. And I remember, we've talked about it on this show several times, some of the most hate I've ever gotten was for this article I wrote right after the election of Yunkin where we talked about how suburban women, which is always code word for white women, because apparently black women and Asian women and Latinos aren't suburban, uh, they helped give Yunkin the vote. And it was white women. And we said that white women, these alpha Karens, are uh, the handmaidens of white supremacy. White supremacy yep. is these constant gardeners. Yep. They've always chosen whiteness. They've always chosen white supremacy because they believe proximity to white supremacy will help them, their husbands, and their sons. And so here we have, again, white women. And I know white women who are listening don't like this. These are just the facts. A majority of white women in 2016, slim majority, 47 to 45% voted for Trump. What happened in 2020? More white women voted for yeah. Trump, Danielle, 52%. So you tell me, when, when, especially black women, when I hear them saying white women are problematic, this is what they're talking about. I mean, you know, and, and I say that the reason why these women hated Hillary Clinton so much is because it was a reminder of how they have subjugated and demeaned themselves 
just to have proximity to white men for power. And Hillary Clinton, they felt, was moving above her station. How dare she think that she can do this job that was ordained by God for men to do? That's right. That's right. That's key. Ordained by God. Ordained by God for men to do. And so it was this, it is this insidious self-hatred that these white women, these white Republican women had for themselves that then leaked over, spilled over, sprayed over on Hillary Clinton, because how dare you move outside of your station? Our job is to stand next to and stand for our men, right? Yeah. Because they protect us. They protect us from the big black and brown men that are that we've been told are always trying to rape us, right? And all we have to do is sit down, shut up, put out babies, and stay in our place. It's it's the job of women is to help usher in, be uh, bring in the next age of kings, and their womb is the blessed womb that should yield this fruit that will multiply God's army. And I'm not making this up, folks. This is the white Christian nationalist narrative that God has specifically ordained white men in particular as stewards of this chosen land. And America is the chosen land, the special place where white men and white women and white families will help recreate the kingdom of God. And as such, it is their job to create a Christian nation where these young men will then blossom into kings and princes and be the servants of Jesus uh, and the second coming of his kingdom. And the rest of us, uh, we serve our purpose. We're laborers, we're workers. We get to rent a room in the house, Danielle. But we always have to know our place and our place is second. They'll allow us, you know, we should be grateful that we're in America. We should be grateful that we're not being shot. We should be grateful that we're not being kicked out. And whenever they speak like this, what they're telling you is know your place, boy. Know your rank. Yep. Know yep. your place, woman. You have an ovary. You're subservient to the man, to the husband. And that is why we need a leader, an authoritarian, Donald Trump. Yes, he is going to be our redeemer. And so again and again and again, not all white women, folks. Again, that's why I gave you the numbers. It's a slim majority, but it's still a majority. This is why white women keep betraying so many people of color and why so many people of color keep saying this is why we can't trust these suburban white women who smile and then come out with the Girl Scout cookies, but behind everyone's back, go vote for freaking Trump, the same guy who just got held liable for sexual battery and defamation. And at that town hall today that we're going to be watching, and again, this is going to come out. Oh, on I'm Thursday. not watching. I just want, I just want oh, folks well, to know I, that. I, only not, to... I will watch clips that are posted on Twitter. I am not giving CNN any fucking rating. I feel bad. Forgive me. I have to watch for Daily Beast because I have to do an article on it, but that's the only reason I'm watching. But I recommend not watching it. But we're going to see like pretty much every shade of whiteness in that 400-person town hall. And they'll probably pepper it, Daniel. There'll be some peppering. There'll be a black and a brown and an Asian there. Uh, But that's what we see. But but speaking about white Christian nationalism, and and you mentioned Tommy Tuberville. As we're recording this, uh, this article just came out in the Rolling Stones that Tommy Tuberville, United States Senator from uh, Alabama, former football coach, because the bar is very low, uh, defended white nationalism 
during an interview with a local NPR affiliate just yesterday on Monday. Uh, when they said, when he said, when they, what they call white nationalists, I call Americans. Americans. And he's critical of Joe Biden trying to root out white nationalists and uh, white supremacist extremists from the military. He thinks it will destroy the military. But at the same time, Tommy Tuberville is the same senator who's putting a hold on military nominees, which pretty much every general, Danielle, and including as of today, Mitch McConnell himself has said is hurting our national security. That same guy said that Joe Biden is hurting our military by trying to root out white nationalists, whom he called Americans. Your thoughts, Danielle? I mean, what does it say about the U.S. military when rooting out violent, fascist, white supremacists would somehow cripple our military, (laughs) right? What does that say to you about our military? Um, Which is, you know, what we saw on January 6th play out in front of us. How many of those people were active and or retired military? How many of those people were active or retired law enforcement, right? This is their brotherhood. Mm. This is their clan. And so it's just amazing to see that they voted against Doug Jones in Alabama, a man that like, you know, marched with Martin Luther King and wrote civil rights legislation, um, wasn't a pedophile. He ba- and, and he barely beat Roy Moore. Thank you for reminding yeah, us that. Barely right. beat Roy Moore, the pedophile. And like, and this is who is in their Senate. And, you know, when we say time and time again on this show and on many others that the Republican Party is not a party, it is a clan, it is a cult, it is a white supremacist safe zone. Um, this is what we are talking about. Because the things that used to embarrass that used to mean an end to your career are now the things that the Republicans cheer for and celebrate. I remember when the biggest scandals were extramarital affairs. Now you can fuck hookers, uh, sexually assault people, and you can still be the top Republican nominee. That's right. I mean, I, I just, when I, you know, the question that I have for you, Waj, and this is a question I, I keep asking, I'm asking it, on on woke AF, I'm asking it with folks, is, you know, do you think that America has jumped the shark so much that even if everything were to work in Democrats' favor in 2024 and beyond, that we're ever going to restore full integrity in our democracy and in this country, full faith, because of all of these destructive forces, and we'll get to George Santos in a minute, <laughs> but all the ways in which our government, our Congress has been marred, our institutions have been marred by these grifters, these abusers, and these white supremacists. You know, I, I've said this before in the show, and I've said that what we're witnessing is the death rattle of white supremacy that has transformed into a death march, both here and in Europe. And white supremacy has always been the primary disease that has afflicted this country. But only now in the year 2023, Danielle, we're finally talking about it. We're finally actually acknowledging it. We're finally actually naming it. You know, in the Democratic uh, primaries uh, a couple of years ago, 
uh, right, be uh, right before the 2020 election, that was the first time that Democrats were actually debating it, like literally 2020, all right? So talk about an endemic disease that has corrupted nearly every single institution, uh, education, the military, law enforcement, a big piece of news last week that just went under the radar. It was news for like a couple hours. Uh, prosecutors are saying, remember the former FBI agent who worked counterterrorism in the New York field office before leaving the bureau in 2017? He was at January 6th. In fact, he just got charged and he was calling fellow police officers Nazis and he illegally entered the Capitol. So to quote uh, Rage Against the Machine, uh, some of those who work uh, forces are the same that burn crosses, right? And yep. so we're witnessing what happens when this country tries to burn itself of the fever of white supremacy. And as we've said on this show, is that white supremacy is ultimately self-destructive. If they can't be in power, they will self-immolate. They will burn everything down, including themselves. And when I used to say this in 2017 and 2018, on CNN and other places, people used to, used to stare at me like I was a crazy person. Like, oh, what do you mean? It's just the GOP. It's just Trump. It's just a few people. And we kept saying this is a radicalized, weaponized movement. MAGA has overtaken the GOP. This is going to escalate. After the election, I said Donald Trump won't leave. He didn't leave. I said Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to be the head and future of the party. She is. And y'all aren't paying attention. And we had to pay attention because this affects us. It affects our bodies. It affects our security. It affects our families. It affects our communities. So I think in our lifetime, whatever time we might have left, Danielle, we're going to see this type of cold, sometimes hot civil war, the fracturing of institutions, the need for reform, chaos, stochastic terrorism, small uh, amounts of asymmetric warfare that pop up, oath boys, proud, you know, oath keepers, proud boys, neo-Nazis like in Texas. And we have to hold the fort. The majority has to come together. We have to build a multicultural coalition. I have always said, and the data keeps showing, that we have lost about a 30% of this country. I don't think we're going to win them back, Daniel. I think they're in Earth 4. The 70% have to come together. And if the 70% of us can come together and, and maintain it as, as, as this fever rage breaks, then I do think you fast forward and the next generation, maybe not Gen Z, but maybe Gen Alpha, gets to inherit uh, a country that is able to, I don't think completely re remove it, Danielle, but to the point where we're no longer terrorized by it on a daily basis. That, that's my long arc. You know, it's, it's incredible because I thought for a long time, right, that we were the generation that was eating the fruit of the civil rights mm. movement, right, of those of the blood that was literally shed into our soils, the lives that were lost, the generations that were lost. I thought that we were the ones that were eating that fruit. Um, and, and now I look and I'm just like, oh shit, it's poisonous, mm. right? And that now we're saying, Maybe not the maybe not millennials, maybe not this, maybe not Gen Z, maybe it's Gen Alpha. And I don't know if it will even be them. You know, I think that, you know, it's funny when when people say when people cheat, right? They're like, the way you get them is the way you're gonna lose them. 
And I think about our democracy in that same way. <laughs> you formed a democratic nation on the backs and the blood and the tears and the sweat of enslaved people, indigenous people. Yeah. And somehow we think that without actually, without actually paying real penance mm. for those sins, that somehow we're going to get to the other side, that the ark is going to bend and that we are going to see it. And I'm like, until America reckons with America mm. and understands its truth. So when people keep saying, this is not who we are, it's who you've always been. Yeah. You've just been denied access to that history. Right? It's who America is. Oh, oh we don't break up families. What are you talking about? Yeah. The entire slave trade was built on breaking up families. Right? Um, the entire, you know, uh, uh, breaking down of the Native American population was about breaking down families, right? Oh, we don't kill people in the streets. What are you talking about? We no. had to create anti-lynching laws. Mm. And people still, a white man can still take the life of a black person on a subway and walk free. So I, I just, you know, for me, I really just think that um, America will not recover. Um, because it is never fully reckoned with who it is. And I don't, you know, any therapist, any self-care person, any, you know, uh, affirmation will tell you that until you are ready to excavate your yeah. own demons and patterns and behavior um, and be honest about that, that's when healing starts. That's but right. you can't heal before then. Yeah, because uh, these wounds keep bleeding. And you have to at least recognize the wound in America refuses. And, and just to show you, just to underscore Danielle's point, there's a reason why they're banning our books, folks. There is a reading, reason why they're banning our history books. Because stories, as we have seen, are so powerful that they can outlast empires. And stories can completely unnerve and destroy and, and, and topple a, a myth, the myth of white supremacy, one of the most dangerous myths uh, uh, that has fueled uh, centuries of terrorism, right? And, and if you look back and, and bring everything back full circle, the myth says that this country is a special country for white Christian men. And there was nothing here, as Rick Santorum said. Sure, there was Native Americans, but it was us, the white European men, right, who civilized this country. So when you sit there and go, there was also indigenous Americans and black folks and white folks and Chinese laborers. And guess what? All of us bled for this country. It completely dismantles the narrative, the fiction, the myth that a lot of white men need to uphold white supremacy, which is why it's so dangerous. So you have to acknowledge it. You have to name it. You have to expose it. And you're seeing the backlash or the white lash to that in Florida. But we still have to enjoy some good news. We still yeah. have to enjoy the fact that there has been some comeuppance. Uh, we have E. Jean Carroll's win, and we also have, I would say, another win for accountability. And as we are talking right now, George Santos III, the, the former king of England, the first mm -hmm. man on the moon, the representative from New York, has said that he will not resign. Why has he said that? Literally, as, I, as I'm recording this right now with Danielle, because he just got hit with a 13-count indictment for charges of fraud, money laundering, and theft of public funds. He says he won't resign. He is quoting his leader, Donald Trump, in saying that it's a witch hunt. Kevin McCarthy has not asked for his resignation. But George Santos, Daniel, 
seems to be in the hot seat. This ain't no joke, this 13-count federal indictment. I think that we will see George Santos uh, in handcuffs um, by the end of this year. Like, uh, he will be back in court, I think, on June 30th. Um, the DOJ, as we know, takes their sweet time. I mean, I was surprised. I thought all cases took two years to bring. Um, but evidently they don't. Um, but they have so much evidence uh, on George Santos. So he can talk about uh, how he's not going to resign and how this is going to you know, fuel his reelection. I don't know who he thinks is voting for him in his district, but there is not a person maybe his sister, maybe his mother. And I don't even know if they're real. Um, but yeah, this is, this is accountability. And there are other conversations, uh, folks, there are other articles that are coming out about other members. So maybe, you know, maybe the, the, how you get these people is in the grift, right? right. It's not with the millions of other things that they're doing to destroy our democracy and to undermine, uh, the integrity of this nation. But if they step over that grifting line, so long as you're not a Supreme Court justice, accountability seems to arrive. The color green trumps all other colors in America. The color green is the God that we trust. And if you follow the money, and like you said, if you take away some powerful people's money, Danielle, well, then that leash is pulled. And, and you know, we'll talk about Supreme Court next time. But, uh, yep. Uh, that's a drip, 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 folks. Uh, uh, Uncle uh, Thomas is going to have a tough ooh. time. That's a drip, drip, drip. Yeah, one that uh, Chief Justice Roberts just can't seem to turn off. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Ajahn Ali. And we will be back next week if, in fact, we have a country left. Inshallah. Inshallah.